Good morning. How are you all doing? Good. So uh, this year, I've, I had the privilege of visiting um, Ethiopia. And uh, the amazing thing with ministering in Ethiopia is you say something in English, and then they interpret into Hamaric. And so there's this delay. So you say something, then you wait, and you've got to keep your thoughts together. Um, and then they say what you've just said, and you, you get the picture. And then from there, I was off to Malawi, and there you say something in English, and then they say it into, well, they translate it into Chichewa. And it, when you come back from those kinds of countries where English needs to be translated, when I stand in front of upper room, I often feel quite rusty because I'm waiting for the interpreter <laughs> to, to translate what I've said. But I've come to realize that when you minister into different nations, I, well, I've, I have found that the, the, there's, a, there's a grace upon, upon the ministry that the listeners can actually interpret what you are saying. So I want to just thank you for welcoming the two South Africans here this morning. I, I want to excuse our accent and I want to excuse up front if you don't understand what we're saying. So Lord, I just pray that you would translate what we say this morning. All good. I mean, you used to, used to the, South, the South African way of talking, but I'm just saying for everyone else, I hope you understand what I'm saying because I do believe I've got a word for, for Border City Church this morning. Um, I say I believe. I, I say that with conviction because the Lord has a word for you this morning. Um, it's not my word. It really is not my idea. It's what I believe the Lord has given me. And I stand here just with, 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 with not an intimidation this morning because I know the Lord has spoken to me. I know the Lord is wanting to speak to you. And I know the Lord is wanting to impart to you an incredible uh, uh, dynamic spiritually that you would be able to navigate, navigate differently when you leave this place. Do you believe that? We are about the things of the Spirit. We are about the things of the Spirit. And even as we were worshiping, and this is, this is not in my notes, even as we were worshiping, I, just, I, I was just reminded of the fact that when a believer, um, when, there's a, when there's a shift ha that happens in our minds, in, in the way that we process, in the way that we think, where, where God takes us from being just uh, having a, a Christian understanding, where that Christian understanding moves into a spiritual heart understanding, things begin to shift. Things begin to happen. And I, I remember clearly, and I shared it on Thursday, I remember clearly when that shift happened for me. And it started, it started when I was hungry for the things of the Spirit. And I, I want to invite you, I want to encourage you to become hungry, to become hungry. How do you become hungry? By reading the Word of God, by setting yourself in prayer, by saying, Lord, I need to know you. I need to know you. And I remember that, that shift was triggered when I came to grips with the fact that I am more than just natural. I'm more than just natural. Even as we sit here, even as we meet here this morning, yes, we meet here in the natural, but there's a spiritual dynamic in this place right now. God meets with us. God speaks to us spirit to spirit. To spirit. Yes, we sing songs and it's in the natural. Yes, there's beautiful drumming, by the way, in the natural, but spiritually God 
is doing things. God is meeting with us. God is wanting to speak to us. God is wanting to refresh people here this morning. And I really believe that. I felt like there might even be people here this morning that have come here tired, that have come here just exhausted spiritually. The Lord says, I will refresh. I wanna meet with you. I want you to leave here this morning. You know, when you, when you are dunked, uh, if you, if you, like I, I, I get this picture of, of swimming in the ocean and the waves just dunking you. And it's happened to me many, many times. I, I used to surf and the, the wave hits you and, it, and you get thrown around under the waves and you got, you're wanting just to get, get up to the surface to get this, this breath, breath of air. I feel people are, people are here this morning and they feel like that. Like I'm not, I, can't, I don't know what to do. I'm battling to breathe. I'm feeling tired. I, I, I don't know what I'm gonna do. And the Lord says, I want you to breathe and I'm gonna breathe supernaturally into you this morning. I really believe it. I feel like the Lord is wanting to bring about a greater awareness over this community that you are spiritual. Amen. A greater awareness to the fact that you are spiritual and that God meets with you spirit to spirit. Amen. And so on Thursday, Rodney, we had dinner with, uh, with, with Rodney, Nita, uh, Mickey, and, and Paul and Minda, and the boys. Sorry, last night, last night. But, but we met, yeah, it's just jet lag, guys, come on. <laughs> but we, were, we, were, we, were, we, we, we had dinner last night, and Rodney reminded me that I said on Thursday night that I've got a word, and this is the word that, I'm gonna, that I want to share with you this morning because it's a word for the church. But a, a couple of months ago, I was, I was driving in my car and I wasn't trying to be spiritual because I am spiritual, but God, was, God brought my attention to just this phrase. It just popped up in my, in my mind. And it was this phrase, when the church prays. When the church prays. Does the church still pray today? I think that's a good question to ask. Do we pray from a religious point of view or do we pray because we understand as the body that there's power in prayer, that, that God works with prayer, amen? And so I was driving and, and, and this, this, this phrase came to my mind, when the church prays, and as I was processing this phrase, I knew that the Lord was in it. As I was processing this phrase, I, 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 it was like God was bringing my attention upon the fact that, the, that prayer is powerful, that prayer moves things and prayer changes things. And I was, I, was, I, was just, I was processing this and then the next thing came to me. This is what I felt the Lord say to me. I felt the Lord say to me, I desire to give my people a language, a new language. That's what I, that's what I heard, a new language, if you are willing to receive that language. And I thought, Lord, a, a new language? Like, what does that mean, a new language? What does this mean? And I was speaking to the Lord and I felt the Lord say to me, it's a language of testimony. God wants to give Border City Church a language of testimony. A language of testimony. And Revelation 12, you know the scripture, I referenced it on Thursday night. Revelation 12, verse 10, it says this. And they, oh, I'm reading from the Amplified Version. I just love how it puts it. And they have overcome him or conquered him by means of the blood of the lamb and by the utterance, I like that word, the utterance of their testimony. Is the church today uttering the testimony about God? 
Like I feel like the Lord is wanting to establish an, in, a, a, an increase in uttering, uh, the utterings of God in this community. By the blood of the Lamb and by the utterance of their testimony, for they did not love and cling to life even when faced with death. Even when times get hard, are we a people? Is my people, that's what the Lord is saying, is my people, are they, are they a people that will hold on to the utterance of the testimony that I want to birth through them and in them? And so I want to just, this morning, I want to, I want to just, there's a couple of things here that I felt the Lord say I need to declare over you that I just need to, that I need to just talk a bit, a bit this morning. And it is to reveal God's heart for giving you a language of testimony. Point number one, if you're taking notes. This language of testimony is imparted to us through answered prayer. This language of testimony that the Lord is wanting to give Border City Church is a language that is imparted to you through answered prayer. And you've got to hear that. It happens through answered prayer. I felt Jesus say this to me. He said, my ability to give you this language is limited to your willingness to set yourself in prayer. So what does that mean? You and I can limit God. That, that's what I want to say. Limitation is not on God's part. Limitation is on our part in our willingness to say, Lord, we know and we value prayer because we know that when we pray, you are wanting to act on our behalf. Isn't that amazing? Charles Spurgeon once said this. He said that whenever God calls a, a people or men and women to do something great, he first calls them to pray. I want to tell you that, that Border City Church, God has called you to something great. Please, just are you, are you convinced of that? God has called you to something great. And I want to tell you why it's something great, because it's not something of this world. It's something of another world. It's something of a different kingdom. And when we pray, when we set ourselves in prayer, what we're doing is, is we, begin to, we begin to calibrate ourselves uh, in tune, or we tune ourselves to a different kingdom, which is the kingdom of God. When we try and do things in our own strength, we, 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 we are out of touch or out of tune with the things of the kingdom. And so when we, when we do things like that, what we're actually doing is we're limiting God to act on our behalf. I was, and as I, I was processing this, I said, Lord, what does this mean? And I felt the Lord say to me, and it's going to sound so abstract, but I felt the Lord say to me, we need to open more language schools. What does that mean? More prayer gatherings. This was for upper room. What does this mean? More prayer opportunities. When we're walking and we're seeing someone that's struggling, we, we, we strike up a conversation. Are we bold enough with a kingdom boldness to inter interact with those, the people in our community and we, as we interact with them and we realize that they're going through a difficult time, are we bold enough to say, can I pray for you? That's a prayer opportunity. That's an opportunity to see the kingdom of God come into that situation. Amen? What, is, what, is, what should our response be? be is, is prayer our go-to thing? Or is, it, is prayer just a religious aspect of what we believe? No, prayer is our go-to thing. Listen to what it says in Daniel. Daniel chapter six. Now when Daniel learned 
that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem. This is what I want to highlight to you. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to God, to his God, just as he had done before. The, the, the point here is, it is what he did. It became his norm. And I feel like Jesus is saying to the church around the world, Nita asked me this question, what do you feel is, is, is the state of the church today around the world? And I feel it's, it, it, it's part of this. Is prayer the norm for the church today? And I'll tell you why it's not the norm. It's not the norm because it's not comfortable. It's not the norm because it's inconvenient. It's, I'm just telling you. Daniel had to, Daniel went three times a day to, to, to his upstairs room to go and pray. That means that your day is interrupted. But, 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 but what do we want to do? Do we want to do things our way or do we want to do things God's way? Amen? Our way is, well, I don't want to be interrupted. God's way is, hey, listen, Daniel, I'm calling you to come and meet with me so that you can bring something of a different kingdom into this kingdom. Uh, and, and I'm not, I hope I'm not offending anyone here this morning, but God is calling us to pray. Why? Because he's calling us to something great. What should our response be? We should teach people. If you've been walking with the Lord, God is calling you to teach people. How do you teach people? By modeling a life of prayer. How do you teach your family? By spending time with your children and teaching them that prayer is powerful. And it starts in the little things. It starts by praying and thanking the Lord for a meal. And it starts with, with, with when you put your child to bed, by praying for them and speaking the blessings of God, the kingdom of God over their lives, over their destinies. Amen? So we teach people. We've got to learn to teach people. Jesus taught on prayer, not for his benefit. He taught on prayer for our benefit. And the church is the body of Christ on the earth today. Are we teaching others the power of prayer? It's like the church loses their voice when, the, it's like the church has lost its voice because we haven't been diligent in teaching others how to pray. That's what I'm trying to say. Point number two. Understanding God's heart for giving us this, this language of testimony, God is wanting us to know that this language of testimony is a spiritual language and not a natural language. It's a spiritual language, not a natural language. And what I mean by that is this language of testimony cannot be learned or cannot be received in our own strength. Yes, we can set ourselves to pray, but what happens next? God imparts this language of testimony. I can't, I, I can't, the, the, there are things that I can do and there are things that I can't do. God imparts a language of testimony, but he does that in response to a people that pray. What happens when we pray? When we pray, we, be, we begin to engage with the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is the range of God's effective will on the earth today. So when we pray, what we are saying is, 
Father God. We, we, we align ourselves with the range of your effective will in this situation, in that situation, over this circumstance, over that circumstance, over this person's illness, the range of your effective will. And so when we pray, we engage with the kingdom of God, and then watch what happens. God begins to act on our, on our behalf. And what happens then? A testimony is birthed, and then we only reflect, we reflect what God has done. That is amazing. That is incredible. And God calls each one of us to partner with him. Number three, and this is gonna sound so strange, but this is what the Lord said to me. He said to me, I'm switching off the subtitles. I'm switching off the subtitles. And he's opening, us, he's opening up his body to a greater understanding around personal testimony. Personal testimony. I said, Lord, what does this mean? You're switching off the subtitles. He said to me, it's not enough for my people to live off other people's, other, other people's testimony. I want to give you your own testimony around my goodness and my, my power. Amen? It's not enough to live off someone else's testimony. This, uh, uh, I, I read a story uh, of, of John Wesley. And uh, what happened was there was a, there was a professor in, in theology of Wheaton that took a group of people to, to England to go and visit all the historical sites or, or, or sites of revival in England. And this professor took his, his class to the, the home of, I don't know if you've heard the story, have you heard the story? To the home of John Wesley. And uh, they went up to his, to his bedroom and next to his bed, in the floorboards next to his bed, there were two grooves. And the two grooves were where John Wesley prayed diligently for England to be revived. He's just the marks of his knees. And they saw this and they, everyone was amazed and they left his room. They went back to the bus and they, they took a little bit of a, I don't know what you call it, a uh, 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 they, they wanted to see if everyone was there. There's a term for it. A count. They just, uh, yeah, just a little bit of a count. And they realized that one of the students weren't there. And so the professor left the bus. He went back to the house, walked upstairs, and there was, a, there was one of the students with his knees in the same place where John Wesley was praying. And he said, Lord, you've done it again. You've done it before. Can't you do it again? You revived England. Won't you do it again? And that, that, that gentleman that was kneeling beside that bed was Billy Graham. And I wanna, I wanna challenge this community. Are you willing to put your knees, your knees in the grooves of people that have prayed for revival for this nation? Saying, Lord, will you do it again? In the darkness that surrounds us, in, in what we see even in the city, Lord, won't you do that again. Won't you revive a city? Won't you revive a community? Won't, you, won't the light of the gospel come through me, in me and through me, so that I will be a vessel of your goodness? I don't want to live off someone else's subtitles. I want to live off my own experience that you are a God of the miraculous, that you are, the, you are a God that wants to meet with people. Amen? Number four, this language of testimony is one of ask of me. 
We've got three boys, and I tell you what, they can be persistent. Like, like seriously persistent. They can ask and ask and ask until you give up. We just give in. Yeah. <laughs> they are persistent. And I felt like Jesus was saying this language of testimony is a language where we understand we need to ask him. We need to ask him. We need to be persistent. We need to be diligent. Amen? Ian Bounds said this. He said, God is willing to give but we are often slow to ask. The son through his saints is ever praying or interceding and God the father is ever answering. Like even in my own life, I've seen this. I have not because I haven't asked. And we've we've learned these these passages of scripture um, even as children, but, 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 but do we live them? Do we live our lives where we are speaking this language to God and as we ask, God begins to impart because we are people that are persistent. The father holds himself in an attitude of giver and a petition to God the father, listen to this, empowers all agencies and inspires all movements. That is amazing. That's what happens when we pray. That's where, that, that, that is what happens when we set ourselves to a language for a language of testimony. Number five, and I love this. God's invitation is to give all, or sorry, God's invitation is for all of us to become fluent in this language of testimony. All of us, all believers to be fluent in the language of testimony. Your sons, your daughters, old men, old, everyone, all to be fluent in a language of testimony. I know, you, you know what, this, there's, this, there's this tendency, and I've, I've been there, where you hear other people's testimony and you go, well, that's just that person. That's just that person. This person, especially, I mean, I've, I, when, you, when you study people of the past that God used through revivals, people like Catherine Kuhlman, John Wesley, Evan Roberts, you know, Charles Finney, Smith Wigglesworth, and I fell in that trap so many times where I would read about them and, you know, I would just think, well, it was them. No, no, no. God says, I want to give you, Border City Church, a language of testimony and, and not just give you a few words in this language of testimony. No, I want Border City Church to be fluent in this language of testimony. When we just got married, we, we, we went to a we, we, went, we, we did a, a missionary trip to Egypt. And uh, while we were there, um, I was just so gripped by uh, the Middle East. And I was gripped about, or just with, uh, I was gripped uh, with God's heart for, for Arab-speaking people. And I said to Ange, I want to learn Arabic. I want to learn Arabic. And I, I started advertising that. I want to learn Arabic. I want to learn Arabic. And then someone gave me an Arabic dictionary. And I thought, I am going to be so fluent with Arabic. Like, I'm going to know it. Six months later, I'm going to be speaking it. I'm, 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 I've got it. Got it waxed. And I would pick up the Arabic uh, dictionary. I would try and learn a couple of words. And then two days later, I would pick it up again. And then a week later, and then two weeks later. And I realized, 
You can't, just, you can't just learn a language by picking up a dictionary every now and again. To learn a language, you've got to submerge yourself. You've got to baptize yourself into that language. You've got to surround yourself with a people, with a people that can speak the language. Border City Church, are you a people that are fluent in the language of testimony? That set yourself in prayer? Because guess what will happen? When a people rise up, when a community rises up in prayer, it becomes contagious. It becomes contagious. Number six is ongoing testimony on our lips. This language of testimony depends on our submission to the Lordship of Jesus. To the Lordship of Jesus. Jesus says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, if you don't do what I say? How do you hear what God says if not by prayer? (laughs) Think about that. Like we want to do the will of God. We want to see a city changed. We want to see our families changed and we want to see restoration. Do we hear what he says? What happens in prayer? Prayer is not monologue. It's not one way. Like this way, me to God or God to me. That's not prayer. Prayer is dialogue. Prayer is speaking, communicating, communing with God, the maker of heaven and earth. And I wanna say to you, that kind of relationship has always been God's idea. It's not man's idea. It's not the church's idea. No, it's God's idea. To commune with him, to fellowship with him. And whatever anyone has ever told you that that is not for you or you can't access God like that, I wanna say to you, God by the Spirit wants to break that off you so that you can enter into an incredible love relationship with God. God, God. How amazing is that? That is life-changing. And I'll tell you why it's life-changing because that is life. That's how it's meant to be. It's like no other way. That's how it's meant to be. People have been indoctrinated and lied to by our enemy that that is abnormal. No, that's normal. That's counter the culture of this world. These signs, these wonders, these miracles follow who? Those who believe. What what do those who believe have in common? What do they have in common? They are those who fellowship with God who walk with God, who walk with Jesus. I don't have to try and love someone. No, I love someone out of the overflow of experiencing experiential knowledge of God. He is love. I don't try and bear love. No, I I am love because he fills me and he fills me by his spirit without measure. Listen to what I'm saying. Without measure. So why is the spirit of Jesus contained? Because our understanding is with measure. He gives his spirit without measure. We are meant to leak the presence of God. We are meant to to just leak. Broken vessels leak. (laughs) To his glory. I'm broken, but I leak his presence. 
I'm not perfect. I've done so many things wrong, but I leak the presence of God. In my weakness, I'm strong. Why am I strong? Because I leak his presence. I leak the, I, I, I leak the presence of Jesus. I leak the presence of the Holy Spirit. And I want to say to you, when you begin to engage God in prayer, what you'll soon realize is in prayer, you'll realize your weaknesses, you'll realize your faults, you'll realize, but what happens? God fills you up. And what comes out of those cracks, those leaks, those, those broken vessels is a picture of God himself. Restoration, healing, everything that is beautiful, hope. You're not meant to be empty. You're meant to be full. That's normal. And I, it feels like I'm saying such 101 things. But I tell you, I tell you, it's not complicated. We've made it complicated. We've made prayer complicated. It's not complicated. It's simple. It's simple. Can I give you just five enemies to learning a new language? Especially, well, I'm, we're talking about prayer here, but five enemies to learning a language of testimony. The first one, is the enemy of self, of self, me. The enemy of self, reducing or living for self and reducing the lordship of Jesus to when it suits me. When it suits me. When it suits me. It's inconvenient now. I won't pray. It's inconvenient now. I don't, no, 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 no. That's an enemy to prayer. Self has to get out the way the person of self. It's about him. We've been created for him. We've been created to walk in relationship with him. Jesus says that if you try and hold on to your life, you will lose it. But if you lose your life, listen to me, for me, Jesus says, you'll find your life. We are meant to be, we are meant to be defined by who we are in him, not the other way around. So a great enemy to learning this language of, of prayer is when self is elevated above the lordship of Jesus. Enemy number two is devotion or rather the lack thereof. So what I've already said, you don't learn a new language by picking up a dictionary once a year. You can't, you'll never learn a, a language. You'll never learn a language of testimony by that. Number three is a word deficiency, a word of God deficiency. is an is a enemy to learning a language of testimony. I remember as a young, as a young, as a young, young man that I, I was just struggling in my prayer life. Like I would, I would try and pray and I'll just get distracted. And that's a real, that's a real thing. I'll, I'll try and pray and I'll just run out of words and I'll try and pray and I'll just get so distracted. And we'll go to church prayer meetings and I'll start praying something and then I just don't know what to say. And I went to my dad and I said to him, dad, I need help. I'm struggling in my prayer life. And he said to me, Anton, read the word of God. I said, dad, I'm struggling in my prayer life. He said, read the word of God. 
And I did that. I started, I started devoting myself to scripture. And I, I'm not trying to, I'm really, I'm not trying to, to blow my own trumpet here, but I just, I would sit with God's word and just read whole, whole books of the Bible in one sitting. Just whole books, just read, just read, just read. With, just unbroken, just read the word of God. And I would sometimes get to the end of a book and not remember what I read. And sometimes I would get to the end of a chapter, depending on the book, and think, I don't know what I just read. But you know what the amazing thing is? The word of God sustained me. And the amazing thing is, is that when I began to pray, the spirit of God reminded me of what I read. And I could, begin to be, I could begin to pray in line with scripture. A great enemy to prayer is a word deficiency. God is calling us back to his word. He's calling us to read and to study scripture, to get into the word of God because it will have an incredible effect on in how we pray. Because the testimony that God is wanting to give us will always line up with scripture. You've got to hear that. What we are trusting for, I want to, I want to, I want to say this. Often the reason we, our prayers aren't answered is because they don't line up with scripture. Are your prayers lining up with scripture? Another enemy to, to, to this language of testimony is praying general prayers results in never growing in this language. When you pray general prayers, you'll get general answers. What is it that you trust in God for? Be specific. Be specific. Be specific. And lastly, and this is, a, this is an incredible one, enemy to learning a new language is when we speak more than we listen. It's an enemy. When we speak more than listening. When you go to a language school, when you go to the language school, there's the, 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 the lecturer is fluent in the language. And yes, you speak, and yes, you learn how to pronounce your pronunciation and all of that, but the biggest key to learning a language is listening, is listening. And that brings me to, to, to answer or asking the question within my own life is, is, Lord, what should my prayer life look like? Whole, whole moments of just waiting on the Lord, waiting on the Lord, listening for the voice of God. I wonder what it would look like if whole prayer meetings, whole church congreg or congregations come together and they begin to pray and the Lord says, I want you just to be quiet and listen. Have you ever been like that? For an hour, it's just we're waiting on God and God is speaking and God is meeting with that person over there and God is meeting with that person over there. But we often fall into the trap of we've got to be pacing up and down and we've got to, you know, be all loud and be all spiritual and be all, no, 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 no. And there is room for that. But what about just waiting on the Lord, listening to what he says? Because when I hear what he says, I go out with not my agenda, I'm going out with his agenda. I'm going out with what his, his will is, the range of his effective will as I go out there. Amen? I just see, I, I just see churches catching this of listening more than speaking and whole communities changing because when they leave, they're leaving on mission. 
they, 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 they've received their marching orders. They've received what the Lord has spoken. They're not doing things the way they did it yesterday or the way that it's been done before. And I want to say to you, that's often a big problem in church today, is we are doing things the way it has been done before, and, uh, and we're not being effective, and we're saying, does this work? Does this actually work? And the Lord says, it does work if you do it, in, if you do it according to my way, not your way. Someone once wrote this. I just want to read this. I actually don't know where I read it. Revivals, as Dr. Wilbur Chapman has reminded us, are born in prayer. When Wesley prayed, England was revived. When Knox prayed, Scotland was refreshed. When the Sunday school teachers of Tannybrook prayed, 11,000 young people were added to the church in a year. Whole nights of prayer have always been succeeded by whole days of soul winning. And I, 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 feel, I feel this is what, what the Lord is, is calling the church back to because he wants to give us a language of testimony. And, and last night I was going, when, I, when I went to bed and this morning when I woke up, I felt the Lord is wanting to give people here this morning just some... He wants to give people this morning a language of testimony in specific areas. He wants to give people a language of testimony in broken relationships. He wants to give people a language of testimony in healing. And then this one, this one came to me as I was, as I, as I was standing there this morning. I felt the Lord say to me, he wants to give people a language of testimony um, in the area where he is breaking the fear of man of people. For, for years, I feel people, there are people here this morning that, have, that have, have walked around under the fear of man. Jesus says, I want to break the fear of man of you because you cannot be used effectively for the kingdom of God when you are tied to the fear of man. Because the fear of man will dictate to you how you live your life.